If you're always on the go like myself and don't have time to sit down and read, Audible.com is a great source to be able to catch up on the latest bestsellers. Listen to it while on the road or at the gym. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital audio information and entertainment on the internet. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible carries Audible books in every genre imaginable business, classics, history, self development, just to name a few. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30 day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash replay and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Currently, I am listening to the classic One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, Black Fish, Blue Fish, Old Fish, New Fish. Okay, that's、This、genius. Go to audible.com slash replay. That's audible.com slash replay and get started today. Thank you for being here, Mr. President. Great、We're、to be here. Very excited to do an interview with Recode, and we have a lot of topics to talk about in Let's tech. Let's go.、Um, we're going to go from cybersecurity, your relationship with、uh, Silicon Valley, privacy, STEM education. Got it all covered. Got it all covered. All、Let's、right. Let's do it. Mr. Tech. Okay. So let's talk about cybersecurity first.、Yeah. This is a cybersecurity summit. You had Tim Cook talking about it, all kinds of different leaders,、right. the dangers of what's happening. Right now, there's been a lot of instances of cybersecurity. Breaches,、right. Sony being the most famous.、Right. Um, the, the government said North Korea was behind this.、Yeah. Are, are these acts of war? I, I wouldn't consider them acts of war,、uh, but I would consider them acts of、uh, you know, property damage, commercial theft、mm -hmm. uh, that are serious, and whenever a criminal act like that is state sponsored, it's a problem.、Mm -hmm. um, And one of the, I just had、uh, a terrific roundtable with the、uh, CEOs and、uh, chief information officers from a whole bunch of different、uh, sectors of the economy. And one of the uniform things they said was state actors are in a different category because、right. of the sophistication and the resources and the patience that they have.、Mm -hmm. uh, that's an area where private sector is going to have to get help immediately. From the government in a much more aggressive way. And a lot of what we're doing in terms of information sharing, gathering data, getting it out, disseminating it all throughout the economy much quicker,、uh, we've gotten better at that. Then what you have is a bunch of non state actors, hackers, criminals, et cetera, that are just flooding the system, constantly probing for weaknesses. And、uh, part of what this summit is about is both making sure that we have mechanisms for Uh, government private sector cooperation,、uh, increased consumer awareness、uh, of how they can reduce their vulnerabilities,、uh, how we can build better defenses, how we can respond better and more resiliently.、Uh, and one of the big conclusions is this is moving so fast that we've got to have a more nimble system. This isn't a traditional setting where you can just set up a few standards or rules or regulations、that. and then. Just sit on our laurels. We have to constantly update all、But、the time. But what does it have to be to become more serious? Shutting down New York, or there, there are ways. This is war. These are many ways. Could, well, we're very vulnerable as, as we become more we're, digital. We're hugely vulnerable. We've started with critical infrastructure. That's an area where heavy involvement with those industries, whether it's Wall Street and the financial sector, utilities,、uh, our air traffic control system, all of that increasingly is dependent on the digital. Uh, 
base that they're working off of. And so a lot of concentration there first. Uh, and one of the challenges is, is that a lot of this is private sector. The vast bulk of it is private sector. The government has to be able to not only work with each individual company, we've got to be able to pull those companies together so they're working together more effectively. And one of the things that makes this such a challenging problem is uh, all you need is one weak link. You can have nine well, companies. In any defense. Right. Not, you, you can have nine companies that have uh, great protocols, uh, authentication systems, you name it. You have one that's not doing a good job, and that penetrates the entire system. So uh, you know, I think everybody recognizes now the degree of seriousness. The key is to coordinate more effectively. The legislation that we put before Congress that, for example, provides companies with some uh, selective liability protections so that when they share information right. that they're not vulnerable to future lawsuits. Uh, those are the kinds of areas uh, where I, th I would like to see us make a lot of progress this year. In what about our, our country's own, you know, we talk about North Korea being yeah. this bad actor, a lot of right. that, a lot of uh, around uh, the, 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 the interview. Right. We do our own hacking of other countries. There's been lots of reports about the Iran nuclear system and things like that. Can we make a good argument that, they sh that we should be protected against them when we're doing the same thing ourselves? Yeah, obviously, I can't talk about specifics and whether, whether, whether confirming or denying <laughs> right. whatever, whatever you discussed. Uh, I mentioned in the CEO roundtable a, a comment that was made by one of my national security team. Uh, this is more like basketball than football in the sense that there's no clear line between offense and defense. Uh, things are going back and forth all the time. Uh, we have great capabilities here, uh, but there are other countries that have great capabilities as well. Eventually, what we're going to need to do is to find some international protocols that, in the same way we did with nuclear arms, set some clear limits and guidelines, understanding that uh, everybody's vulnerable and everybody's better off if we abide by certain uh, uh, behaviors. In the meantime, we have to have sufficient capability to defend ourselves and by Is that just defense by, or offense? Well, this is a, this is a, I, I won't lie to you, this is a debate that we have internally because when you develop sufficient defenses, the same sophistication you need for defenses means that potentially you can engage in offense. Now, there are some things that we're very clear about. For example, we just don't do uh, industrial espionage the way many other countries do, uh, where they, uh, their state-sponsored operations are going in and stealing information commercially. Mm -hmm. Most of the work that we do revolves around threats against, uh, against us from non-state actors, and obviously terrorism is a huge field, mm -hmm. and increasingly cyber terrorism is going to be something that we're concerned about. Um, but we are going to have to build in a whole set of safeguards to make sure that we are upholding high standards if we expect others to do the same. I'm going to switch to something else in a second, sure. but should there be a cyber army? Should we, our government, be, have this dedicated the way they do in North Korea or China? Well, we, what we have is, is a, a, a separate uh, cyber uh, uh, structure, uh, a cyber command that coordinates a lot of this activity, partly because our defense systems today, uh, our armed forces, are dependent on uh, the digital world in the same way that it's penetrated everything else. Uh, so this separate cyber command monitors, 
defends, focuses on uh, protecting uh, not only uh, the Department of Defense and our armed forces, but also critical infrastructure, and is constantly monitoring what other state actors potentially could do. But uh, just to give you a sense of how challenging this is, uh, it's not as if North Korea is particularly good at this. But look how much damage right. they were able to do. Mm -hmm. um, Non-state actors can do a lot of damage as well. So we've got to constantly uh, upgrade our game, and that's part of what. Are there the any countries you're worried about comparatively? Um, North Korea not so good. Who's good? Uh, well, China and Russia are very good. Okay. Iran is good, um, and uh, and and part of what we need we're constantly engaged in is a dialogue with these countries, in the same way that we engage in in a dialogue around nuclear arms. Uh, nuclear arms uh, indicating to them that it doesn't serve anybody's purpose uh, for us to uh, attack in ways that uh, may end up eliciting responses and everybody's worse off. All right, let's talk about the relationship between you and Silicon Valley. A lot of discussion about who wasn't here and, and tensions and sort of can this marriage be saved. How do you look at your relationship right now with Silicon Valley? They're, they're nervous about the NSA. They're still hurting about that. Visas, zero-day flaws all kinds of things. You know, look, it, it's, it's uh, your job to generate some controversy. No, it's but, not controversy. But, but, but generally some speaking... Some of those quotes from I, the Google people were yeah, pretty tough. Well, but I think it's also fair to say that uh, my relationship with Silicon Valley and the tech community has historically been really good. Mm -hmm. um, many of these folks are my friends mm -hmm. uh, and have been supporters, and, and we interact all the time. Well, they're still giving a lot of but, money. To but but what, what is true is that the Snowden disclosures uh, were really harmful in terms of the trust between the government and many of these companies, in part because it had an impact on their bottom lines. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, when you look back at, at uh, what we've done, I have constantly tried to update uh, the, the laws and rules governing how we operate in cyberspace uh, with these new technologies. In the case of the NSA, we're probably a little slow. The truth is, is that what we did with respect to U.S. persons, what, what we did in this country, was strictly uh, 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 circumscribed. And uh, generally speaking, uh, I can say with almost complete confidence that there haven't been abuses on U.S. soil. But, but it's a global internet but, world, and, that's and the they're point. businesses. And, and, and that's been the challenge. What is true is, and I, I've said this publicly, so I'm not saying anything that, that's classified in any way, um, our capacities to scoop up information mm -hmm. became so great, and traditionally there haven't been restraints on our intelligence community scooping up information from outside our borders mm -hmm. and non-U.S. persons. And so what ended up happening was is that in places like Germany, uh, this had a huge impact not just on government-to-government -government relations, but suddenly all the Silicon Valley companies that are doing business there find themselves challenged, in some cases not completely sincerely, because some of those countries have their own companies who want to displace ours. Mm -hmm. I, I say all this to, 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 to make the point that uh, I think we have made real progress in uh, narrowing the differences around the national security privacy balance. There are still some issues like encryption 
Let's talk about encryption. That are challenging, I mean, and, and, and that's something that's still been brought up. What's wrong with what Google and Apple are doing? You have encrypted email. Shouldn't Absolutely. everybody have encrypted email or have their protections? Everybody should, I'm, and I'm a strong believer in strong in encryption. The, 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 where the tension has come up is historically what's happened is that, let's say you knew a particular person was involved in a terrorist plot, and you are now trying to, the FBI is trying to figure out who else were they communicating with in order to prevent the plot. Traditionally, what's been able to happen is the FBI gets a court order, they go to the company, they request those records, right. the same way that they'd go get a court order to request a wiretap. Right. The company technically can comply. The issue here is that partly in response to consumer demand, partly in response to legitimate concerns about consumer privacy, uh, the technologies may be built to a point where when the government goes They to, can't get the information. The company says, sorry, we, we just can't pull it. It's, it's, it's so sealed and tight that even though government has a legitimate request, technologically we cannot do it. Is what they're and doing wrong? It's, no, I think, it, I think they are properly responding to a market demand. All of us are really concerned about making sure... So our, what are you going to do? Well, what we're going to try to do is to see, is there a way for us to narrow this gap? Ultimately, everybody, and, and certainly this is true for me and my family, we all want to know that if we're, we're using a smartphone for transactions, sending messages, having private conversations, that we don't have a bunch of people compromising uh, uh, that process. Uh, and so encryption, th th there's no scenario in, in which we don't want really strong encryption. The, the narrow question is going to be if there is a proper request for, this isn't bulk collection, this mm -hmm. isn't sort of fishing expeditions by government, where there is a situation in which we're trying to get uh, a specific case of a possible national security threat, is there a way of accessing it? If it turns out it's not, then we're really going to have to have a public debate. And you know, I think some in Silicon Valley would make the argument, which is a fair argument, and I get, that the harms done by having any kind of compromised right. encryption are far greater that's, than... Uh, that's an argument you used to make, you well, would have made. No, I Has something changed? No, I, I still make it. I, it's just that I am sympathetic mm -hmm. to Why? law what enforcement. Happens? Because yours, you were much stronger on civil No, I don't think I, I don't, I'm, I'm as strong as I have been. I, I think the only concern uh, is our law enforcement is expected to stop every plot, mm -hmm. every attack, any bomb on a plane. The, the first time that attack takes place in which it turns out that we had a lead and we couldn't follow up on it, mm -hmm. the public's going to demand answers. And, and so this is a public conversation that we should end up having. Uh, I lean probably further in the direction of strong encryption than some do inside of law enforcement. But I am sympathetic to law enforcement because I know the kind of pressure they're under to keep us safe. And, okay. and it's, it's, not, it's not as black and white as it's sometimes portrayed. So now, now, in fairness, I think the folks who are in favor of uh, airtight encryption also uh, want to be protected uh, from terrorists. And so, True. So, you know, it's uh, uh, I, one of the, the interesting things about being in this job is, is it does give you a bird's eye view. You are smack dab in the middle of 
these uh, tensions that exist. But, but I, I guess what I would say is there are times where uh, folks who see this through a civil liberties or mm -hmm. privacy lens reject that there's any trade-offs involved. And in fact, there are. Now, okay. and, and you've got to own the fact that it may be we want to value privacy and civil liberty far more than we do uh, uh, safety. The, 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 the safety issues. Right. But we can't pretend that there's no trade-offs whatsoever. Let's go quickly into privacy. This, this mm -hmm. privacy bill you've all been trying to pass forever right. with some teeth in it. Right. Um, who owns their data? And think, have think, these on the other side of the companies? Have you all acquiesced too far to the Facebooks and Googles of the world, when Europe is being much more stringent? I think you own your data. Right. I think I own my data. I think that's true, and I, I think we own our healthcare data. I think we own our financial data. Doesn't feel like it. Uh, well, and and I I think this is an area where, ironically, um, sometimes I also have tensions with Silicon Valley mm -hmm. uh, because folks. Uh, are quite keen on talking about government intrusion, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. some of the commercial models that are set up obviously a involve, intrusive. Are, are fairly intrusive as well. Right. Um, and but they're selling us things. Yeah, so. exactly. So, so I, I, I think part of the answer here is just people knowing ahead of time what's going on, um, people knowing how their data is being used, much greater transparency in terms of its potential for migrating over into some sales and marketing scheme of somebody else's. Uh, and, uh, you know, the more transparent we are, the, the more customers can make a choice. Uh, there are circumstances, and I'll give one specific example that I talked a while back about, uh, when it comes to educational technologies mm -hmm. uh, being sold and put into schools, and then it turns out that some kid who's going online to communicate with their teacher, their data is going to some marketing company that then mm -hmm. sells to the kid. I think that's got to be off limits. So there are going to be some areas where uh, we just say no, even if the consumer is aware of it. But does it have any teeth, really? I mean, Europe is very strong on these things and doing a lot of investigations to Google and Facebook and other companies. Uh, you know, uh, in, in defense of Google and Facebook, sometimes the European response here is more commercially driven than anything else. Uh, th as I said, there are some countries like Germany, given its history with the Stasi, that are very sensitive to these issues. But sometimes their vendors, uh, their service providers, who you know, can't compete with ours, uh, are essentially trying to set up uh, some roadblocks for our companies to operate effectively there. We, we have owned the internet. Our companies you know, have, have created it, expanded it, perfected it in ways that they can compete and oftentimes what is portrayed as uh, high-minded uh, positions on issues sometimes is just designed to uh, carve out some of their commercial interests and, and, and that's something we have to talk about. Let's talk about owning it. Yeah. We have the we are the most we have invented the internet. We have created the most uh, important technology companies. Right. Losing that rapidly to other countries, education, STEM, visas, all kinds of things, bringing the best talent here. Yeah. Is, right now, diversity is another issue, especially yeah. women. Right. Uh, how do you look at this? How do we change the equation here? Because mo many people feel that even though we've got this strong industry, we're losing on lots of ground. First of all, we're not, we're not losing it rapidly. But what is true okay. is, is that our lead will erode if we don't make some good choices now. STEM education, huge priority. Homegrown, we've got to have our kids 
in math and science, and it can't just be a handful of kids. It's got to be everybody. Everybody's got to learn how to code early. Everybody's I saw got you to, were learning I, to I, code. I, Do you uh, encourage your daughters to code? You know, I, I have, and, I, and I've said to, uh, uh, well, not as much as I would probably like, although I think they got started a little bit late. Part of what you want to do is introduce this mm -hmm. with the ABCs and the colors, mm -hmm. uh, and, and particularly focusing on girls' participation, math, science, technology early is important. Underrepresented groups, African Americans, Latinos, we've got to get those kids tapped in. That, that's the largest growing part of our population if they don't have basic What's the problem? digital is it, I mean, literacy. because you, you know, country, company after company, 70% yeah. white, 70% 70 male, yeah. mostly white, mostly... Look, I, I think part of the problem is, is just generally our school systems aren't doing as good of a job on this, period full stop. And then part of what's happening is that we are not helping schools and teachers teach it in an interesting way. Uh, and what ends up happening is a certain portion of the population just drifts away. Girls, for example, we don't lift up models of them being successful in STEM. Um, somebody uh, you know, ha has talked about um, the degree to which uh, we very rarely see portrayed on television right. um, female engineers. Yeah, they and, don't and, have any jobs actually. Right, and, and so we just have to, we have to uh, lift that stuff up. So that's, part, that's, that's the long term, getting that whole pool of talent focused. More immediately, we've got an urgent need right now. Comprehensive immigration reform would revise our system so that the best and the brightest from around the world come here, the ones who are studying here aren't forced to leave. Mm -hmm. uh, we have been pushing this hard in Congress. So far, you, Congress has blocked it. So um, what do you do? Well, what I did was with uh, my, the executive action that I announced around mm -hmm. immigration, there were some areas where I could help uh, to, to reduce some of the backlogs, some of the bureaucracy, mm -hmm. make it somewhat easier uh, for uh, talented foreign students uh, to, to operate here. But we haven't gone far enough, and the legislation is what's going to be required. So we've got to keep on pushing on that. Um, you know, overall, though, the good news is that the ecosystem here is so far ahead of anywhere else. There's so much talent, so much brain power, so much financing. It still leaves a lot of people out. It, 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 it continues to. Well, but the point is, is that there is so much more room to grow, I right. guess. It's, it's not as if this is a mature, finite industry where it's a zero-sum game in terms of how many people can be participating. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a huge uh, uh, possibility for talent, not just homegrown, but from around the world, continuing to converge here in the United States. And it's, look, what used to be primarily Silicon Valley, now it's also Austin, Texas. Now it's also... Well, they're trying. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, there are a bunch of other places around the country, in, in Utah and others, that where, where people are, are coalescing. I, I was in Boise, Idaho, uh, at, uh, at Boise State, and they're doing all kinds of interesting stuff uh, in, in the digital space, connecting universities with companies. So, so this is something that we want to democratize and see spread uh, all across the country. We are putting together uh, public-private partnerships around, for example, just getting more engineers. You know, we partnered with Intel. And, are you worried about the, the, that China and others are graduating more engineers? Yes, although our engineers are still better. Um, but, but part of what we need is just 
we, we don't always need the absolute top MIT engineer. Part of what we also need is the, the, the standard engineer who can help on a you know, production facility because ironically, part of the reason that some uh, tech production jobs have gone overseas is not so much in search of low wages as it is that they're just more uh, engineers at this production level that mm -hmm. can really help. All right, uh, wrapping up, I want to ask you some about your personal tech habits very quickly. Um, I know you watch a lot of sports, but I where do. are you watching things now? Are you, are you watching it on your phone or do you watch it on television? You, you know, I'll be honest with I'll you. Go very quickly uh, when, it, when it comes to the ball games, I'm still usually watching on TV, uh, DVR. Do you watch anything on uh, your But when it comes to highlights, I'm mm -hmm. usually watching it on an iPad. On an iPad. Yeah. And you, um, you're still with the BlackBerry, right? I use a BlackBerry mainly because I'm so restricted in what I can do. Right. That it's basically just messages. Are you and shift it's still easier leave? for me to tap. Uh, off the, but I, basically, most of my non-work-related stuff, I'm working off the iPad, which off I, the iPad. you know, so I'm, so I'm, and and the, the girls all have, you know, iPhones, so I, I know what I'm. You know what I, you're I, doing. I can get a, I can get around. And wearables? Do you wear any wearable shirts or health devices or things like that? Not yet. I think. Uh, you missed the whole Google Glass thing, by the way. Uh, well. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Um, and when you, uh, w what, what devices do you think you, you would use once you leave office? I mean, I know you like a selfie stick. Yeah, well, right. I'm, uh, as as, as Bud, BuzzFeed showed, I, I, actually the first time I used that was when we were in Hawaii for vacation. Uh, I'd given, uh, I'd given uh, my photographer, Pete uh, Souza, had, had a GoPro and folks were starting to use selfie sticks. And mm -hmm. So. Uh, but do you use any other technology? It's just basically the iPad. It's basically the iPad, although, um, you know, I don't have a Fitbit yet, but I work out hard. Mm -hmm. um, word is that, uh, you know, these Apple Watches might, uh, might, get be, one might, right away? might, might be a good, uh, good companion for my workout. So I'm, I'm going to see. I'm going to test it out. I don't right. want to give Tim uh, Cook uh, too big of a plug here yeah, uh, until I've actually seen the product. <laughs> right, all right. But uh, he, tell, he tells me it's pretty good. Absolutely. Last question. If there's a hashtag for your administration, what would it be? Yes, we can. Naturally. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Thank Bye. you so much.